Welcome everyone to your Hawkeye podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official and official voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt and joining me as always is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. Here today to talk about all, maybe forever, of Hawkeye on Disney+. And indeed, it feels like a slightly weird place in that we don't know what's next in terms of dates for Marvel Studios TV on Disney+. Plus. We don't really know if this is meant to be a one-and-done season. Um, it certainly lacks kind of the finality of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, although they could do more of that. It lacks the season two officially announced uh, in the show that Loki had. Um Pete, it also brings the end of the holiday season as we look ahead to the new year here. So the conceit of this Christmas time show, six episodes in six days within the world of the show and all of that, that too has come to an end. So it's a bunch of ends and uh, some what's next. I feel like if there was more coming, we would know about it. Um, is this an opportunity to take a beat and see how people reacted to it i i think they know how people reacted to it um it's very easy to turn around and say and we're super excited that you will see hawkeye and black widow again um you know i have a hard time believing they're just at the development phase of what will be done with any of the characters in this show next um so i i feel like this one is done and they'll pop up elsewhere next i think too this is kind of the where we're at in the calendar for disney plus it's kind of the flip side of where we were at in the summer which is uh once loki ended yes we did get um what if which was quite good albeit animated but there was like no new live action for this big stretch in um, in the summer into the fall on Disney+. And we could all say, okay, I get it. We were watching things that were either completed right before the COVID shutdown or things that had to be finished right afterwards. Uh, and that was the priority. And some things were still up and, uh, you know, up and running or you weren't going to start to shoot. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You weren't you're going to start to shoot. Uh, Secret Invasion, if you only were halfway through shooting Loki, uh, Loki, Loki, and things like that. Um, but here we are now where it's like, we have had the discussion that we are pretty sure uh, the entire Disney Plus, maybe not every week of the 52 weeks, but I think we had totaled it up to like 48 episodes of TV. We've already reasonably charted out for Disney Plus for next year uh, between Star Wars and Marvel. So it's not like we're getting Hawkeye season two anytime soon. So now we're back to like, well, let's let's get through the shows that are coming and there's no rush to do more Hawkeye, even though I think we enjoyed the Hawkeye experience. Yeah. And I'd, I'd love another uh, season of this series. I just think given how closely they tied it to Christmas, like when we were developing our our bumpers and our segments, that's where I dragged my feet. Like 
all right, if it comes back, are they really going to continue to tie this show to a particular holiday? Um, and that they did it and it, it, it feels like this is it because of the way that they did it. What are you going to hit this every, every Christmas or every two Christmases? Like your, your holiday tradition is back after a year off. Like, that'd be weird. It'd certainly be keeping in the times we're in right now. But um, yeah, I, I just think the, the DNA of this show, the way that it was, uh, you know, set up, I, I think it's a, a one-off. Um, and I, I think at least as far as Maya is concerned, we'll see her in echo uh, those Fisk turn up in, in she Hulk um, or Ms. Marvel uh even by like dialogue it doesn't even need to physically turn up and i like i've said on the podcast before i feel very strongly that um kate bishop and and uh you know yelena will be front and center in the films well let's start with this as a starting point pete maybe it's a minor detail but written just earlier this week there was a comicbook.com article that the headline asked the following question is Marvel studios just trolling save daredevil fans. So Pete, let's start here in a month where Matt Murdock returned and Kingpin returned and the save daredevil folks told us they would not be happy unless it was the same cast, the same crew, (laughs) the same story daredevil season four. Did it work? Well, it's, what you and I have spoken about off mic, like Bob the grip, where's, where's that poor guy? You know, where are the, the people who beyond the showrunners and the writing room, uh, you know, were the, the spine of that show. Uh, if you're going to save a show, um, saving a character or cherry picking characters from these series that were popular in their own right that you know people who are film only fans who either won't acknowledge or can't acknowledge um you know get to say count um it's amazing matt the the streams of daredevil in the last two weeks that have shot up. It's pretty impressive. Uh, what's your evidence there for the increased attention to Daredevil? Just in terms of discussion and then the metadata of, you know, all right, here are people discussing this and, oh, I just went back to Daredevil or I uh, hadn't checked it out and now I'm checking it out. Conversations I've had with people. Um, I mean, it's undeniable that there's greater interest in it because these two characters have popped back up. Well, let's bring things squarely away from the villain of the sixth episode and the guy who appeared in the movie that's not really connected to Hawkeye, although I guess connected by way of uh, Rockefeller Center. Um, Pete, what were some of the, the highest highs of these six episodes of Hawkeye, highest highs for you? I knew that Yelena would be something obviously that appeared in this series and and gave it some heat. I was ill prepared 
for how great Florence Pugh was going to be in the small amount of this show she was. And then you add her chemistry with uh, Haley Steinfeld to this. And that's what I'm saying. It's, it's not like, yes, Kevin Feige and the rest of Hollywood take time off at the holidays, but you know, that they can't make a statement right now and say, and yes, we love Kate and Yelena too. And you will see them next in, you know, season two or whatever. Um, I, I think they know what they're doing. It's, it's always a situation where their plan comes and then the announcement of that plan comes. Um, I think with Fisk, and and now you know well we saw one before the other right we we had the the Fisk acknowledgement before we had the Charlie Cox although there was an image of Charlie Cox floating around on the internet long before we even began to think about um, Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin returning um, but I think with that it's a little bit of a of a different outgrowth and obviously that was the thing that had tongues wagging with this show. The minute we saw somebody squeezing Maya Lopez's cheek. Um, but the women on this show, you know, to, to a character, you know, I'd even go as far as saying Eleanor, who I'm really hopeful we're going to see more of just did a phenomenal job. I do think that for me probably the highest point was the interaction between Yelena uh and uh and Kate what was interesting too what's been interesting for me kind of watching in the background of this whole experience is seeing um seeing as Haley Steinfeld has been in new episodes of Dickinson week by week along with uh with Hawkeye there's a magic of hers that's captured in Dickinson that is not in Hawkeye. And I think that's because Hawkeye cuts faster, has faster editing, and not that she's kind of slow to react, but I think her thought process is more like, I'm going to show you this look, and I'm going to show you another look with the rest of that sentence, and I'm going to show you a third look with the next sentence. Um, and I think many actors, it's more like, Oh, you have a question? I, I, I'm delivering a question? I'm going to put a question look on my face, as opposed to really kind of feel the first half and the second half and so forth. Um, but Florence Pugh is so good, and kind of, I didn't feel like she was being hidden on camera in this. So is it because Florence Pugh is like, above and beyond, and there's accent and funny stuff and props to play with always, and the hot sauce, and, you know, is there more there that cuts through the editing? Um... Or whatever, I don't know. Maybe it's I don't. Know, maybe it's not an issue. Maybe I'm just overly in love with the show Dickinson. I don't know. Um, I've seen Haley Steinfeld not deliver a killer performance at things. I mean the the Romeo and Juliet that came out in 2013. I had super high hopes for. All right, they're gonna they they filmed in Italy and it's gonna be super authentic. And then they decide, oh yeah, you know that original dialogue that the guy that wrote, you know, we're, we're, we're going to shoot in an authentic setting, but we're not going to use that dialogue. And, you know, there's, there's very few good performances in that film, but like hers does not step forward. 
Um, and that was coming off True Grit. That was coming off that that um, you know nomination there uh, for an Oscar. Um, Florence Pugh, you know, I had seen her in Little Women, and I, there was a the whole thing that all right, she's she's playing the character at two different times and they make her look you know young but it doesn't quite work um i went and watched midsomar um it was something i had wanted to see for a while but i went and watched it uh monday this week um i did not realize she was the lead in it until you know just looking through the the filmography and i'm like you know what let me give this a spin um and you know, she is a, again, I'm not putting one over the other, but just in terms of the performances I've seen, um, you know, a lot of different notes, um, you know, Steinfeld's not done any horror or any, you know, you know, anything approaching that to this point, but that they're the same age. Um, and they've, they've both had this, uh, critical acclaim to this point in their careers. Uh, and maybe it's only because we only got a little bit of the hot sauce of Yelena. And obviously we had Kate who was great before we had Yelena, but by contrast, bringing that out of her. Um, you know, I, I just think again, why don't you put a little tag at the end, you know, Hawkeye and the and the Black Widow will return or or something like that. That's that's where my mind is made up that that they didn't tell us anything. We know that this series is done, that they're going to pop up in other things. You know, WandaVision, they told us at the end, this show doesn't return. Okay, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we heard right after. Well, there's a, a Captain America four film coming. Loki, they put it in the end credits. Okay, it, season two coming. Nothing here. The tea leaves say this series is over. You mentioned the very ending there. Uh, series producer and director of episodes one, two, and six, uh, Reese Thomas, uh, had an interview with the Hollywood Reporter in the last week, where. And again, I understand this is the Marvel system here, but let's just let's just take this as I say it, Pete. The director of episode six was interested to watch the final cut of episode six, either early or on Disney Plus. He did not say, but he was interested to find out what the secret scene would be, since he had no knowledge or participation in it. Um, now, of course, he did shoot. Don't get me wrong; he shot that episode, you know, episode one with the the musical and all that, but. It was just this air of, I was a little let down too, because I was interested to see, you know, pick your thing. I was interested to see um, uh, Poe Dameron wake up by the pyramids and go, oh man, <laughs> it's it's a Moon Knight thing. Or to sit and go, uh, you know, oh look, strange gases uh, emanating from New York City, wait, across the Hudson, into Jersey City, Ms. Marvel this summer. You know, and so forth. Instead, it was like, hey, you know that really silly thing that we did to be silly in the first episode? Now you get all the silly because it's a Christmas present. Um, yeah, I had texted you at the time. Guess who's directed his last Marvel thing? <laughs> uh, it really kind of broke ranks there. I was very surprised to see that comment. Um, 
And I think he's done it in a way that, you know, they could go back to him. But with the house that they keep, if you criticize him, are they going to give you another thing? Um, I, I'm not so sure. Uh, I saw that in a couple places where there, there was another uh, creative who was like, yeah, we all did not know that was coming. We thought because they actually did film um, a sequence with the owl and the truck that had been shrunk. Um, and they all believed it was going to be that. And how interesting, too, Matt, we now know that the flavor is when it airs, they see it. Um, I mean, seeing this through the eyes of Ming-Na Wen yesterday morning, mm. who, who is watching um, the first Boba Fett episode. And I won't spoil it for you, but. Um, is there another Death Star, Pete? <laughs> the little title card at the beginning, the the Star Wars logo that is the different helmets. Uh, her helmet shows up in that. Um, and she was unaware now that she is part of, as I wrote to her on Instagram there, the grand iconography of Star Wars now. Like, that'll always exist with that and, you know, be an identifiable, oh, that helmet, that's Fennec Shan, that's a Star Wars bounty hunter, you know, however long Star Wars is going to be a thing. And you were listening, watching her react to that they don't they don't screen these episodes of tv for them and i think that further cements that whenever i can get at them i do i mean i i watched boba fett at 301 yesterday morning wow <laughs> um because yeah it it's it's when you get these things they don't they don't give them out ahead of time and that the creative people helping to make this were unaware of what that scene was and then kind of criticized it, which wouldn't have been the move maybe to make, but maybe they already know they're onto their next thing. And I have to wonder too, and I don't mean to keep things negative, but while we're talking about the ending and while we're talking about the ending of the season in episode six, um, new rock stars who they usually have good stuff. Sometimes they spend way too much time talking about, male trimmers in the middle of the videos and you go wait this is a seven minute video it's a three minute ad about trimmers but i digress they have good stuff and i never watch their stuff before we podcast it because i don't want everyone to be stealing hence i'm mentioning and citing after the fact um he had point he they had pointed out stuff from the finale like i know we had discussed on the podcast um that uh hey maya's hair changes he then further added to that um there's a decent amount of Kazi's dialogue that is delivered with his back to the camera, suggesting that it was recorded after the fact, <laughs> as well as mom's arrest being kind of weird how it was set up in the camera and the cop that arrested her like had a weird eye line. The suggestion being there may have been whole portions of things. Quick, detective, what's the detective's name, Pete? I can't remember. Caudle. <laughs> De hey, detective Caudle guy. Stand in front of this green screen and look, look, look here. No, look higher. Look, okay, now kind of walk forward and then walk off screen. Like, there may have been evidence of that. Not that episode six was some sort of disaster. It was a lot of fun. Was it like, yes, Falcon does become Captain America. Darn it. It wasn't quite there. Was it, 
you know, was it the conclusion of WandaVision? No. Was it the high of Loki and now everything's broken? How do we watch any more Marvel? Where's the break? Da, da, da. So, yeah, it wasn't an ending like that, but I think it was an ending in line with this show. Two people without superpowers trying try to make the right decision in a world that's tough. Um, that was the conclusion of, of this season, and it, it worked for me, even though it wasn't fantastic, it worked for me, but there is evidence that things were a mess. And again, I, I hate to keep ringing the COVID bell, but we can assume that plenty of time was taken to get the shots that you needed in New York for this when they were in New York, which was a you know uh, last November, November of 13 months ago. Then when you go to Georgia, enough time to figure it out. And I would even argue, quite frankly, enough time where if you go, oh, crud, we wrote a new ending. Okay, get these people back in front of green screens or fly them to Georgia for a day or two days or whatever. This is not, hey, we got it in right before the lockdown. Um, so if this was just, hey, the story went bad somehow, and what we saw was a, a nice solution, you know, okay, so be it. Yeah, and we know they did uh, reshoots. Um, reading this week, too, you know, what they could film at Rockefeller Plaza, Rockefeller Center, and then, you know, the links they went to, they, they built a rank, um, they did as much of the tree as they could. Uh, I mean, that that final battle there on the ice uh, outside of Rockefeller Plaza, uh, they really had to do a lot of tricks with because of the exposed nature of the location um, and the density and, and everything else. Uh, you don't really question it, though, uh, other than man, how'd, how'd they do this? Uh, so I, I think they, they did a good job with it. Are there incongruities? There are. Um, and and things clearly changed for them in the process. It, it still came together in a, in a coherent whole uh, to the point where, hey, we want to see more of this show if they're willing to do it. To bring things to the highest highs here, let's start with, the performance of Alakwa Cox. I have to assume we are looking at an Emmy nomination for her. Uh, a, on her own merits as what we saw on screen, let alone the the presence of the character, let alone the diversity that Alakwa Cox brings um, as a Native American actress who has a prosthetic leg uh, and uh, is deaf. I mean, it's. Just, I don't want to say, you know, oh, they're going to nominate her because it's a feel-good story. How about this? She deserves a nomination, and we can all feel good about that because the performance is great, the character is authentic, and, you know, and let's start there with getting her an Emmy nomination circa July. Can't wait to see more of her, um, to have her own show, and to be able to tell, I think... Her story, I mean, we only have the, the little bit of flashbacks, her her dad, what went on there, obviously her association with Fisk. Um, this this next generation of Marvel heroes, Matt, I mean, her, Kate Bishop, Yelena. I mean, even to the point where we've talked about the young Avengers, will they do that? How deep 
will they go into that bench uh, and do all of that? And we still haven't seen Kamala Khan, and and we know that that's coming. I mean, it's it's an exciting time in this series and her emergence to the point where she has a still yet formally unannounced show coming. Uh, indicate that. Yeah, I mean, so so add her to this this great list that includes Haley Steinfeld and Florence Pugh. Um, we've talked about the potential story futures for Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin, uh, with I think the most obvious being uh, being Echo. I mean, if if you take him at his word, which I think he's he, he's too speak from the heart to to put together a lengthy lie like if he's supposed to keep quiet he'll keep quiet but according to him he got the phone call early this year so january 2021 um which would have been by my math roughly halfway through filming um so he he gets the call then okay fine could there be could he have already shot stuff for some of the 2022 shows whether it's a lot or a little it certainly is possible you know especially if it's like you know i don't know kingpin arrested footage and that's going to be in the background or something uh on a ms marvel um which i feel like again ms marvel is the summer and i know we have tentatively almost certainly moon knight and probably she hulk uh first but you know ms marvel right across the river new jersey's own superhero um i feel like it's a logical landing spot but I think that's that's part of this weird itch, Pete. And I know that we had talked about, could we be bumping up against some sort of media announcement or special on Disney Plus or something <laughs> in the first half of January to kind of set the tone or set the pace or something? Um, the, the reason that we're bringing this up is there's this itch for more, including when Kingpin returns. So, Pete, when will Kingpin return? I think we'll see him in one of the shows in 2022. If I, if you had to hold a, a bow and arrow to my head, I'd, I'd go away from she Hulk only because it seems so soon and so logical, um, that he could be in that. I I think maybe Ms. Marvel. Um, what other highlights of the season have caught your eye, Pete? I like the way, I mean, we knew obviously Kate Bishop would have such a feature role in this, but I, I threw the series on as I was uh, finishing up getting ready for the holiday and let, you know, like three and a half episodes roll. It's her story end to end. Um, and I got to wonder if that might have emerged as they were shooting it. And maybe that's a cause for some of the changes. I mean, we noted too in the final episode podcast that the Rolex has the wrong date on Christmas Day, that it's uh, December 24th. And I got to wonder if there's a version of this show that at one point was more Clint than her. Yeah. And I don't mean to repeat myself and I don't mean to be negative, but to me, a through line of this season was there's Jeremy Renner being low energy 
Um, and is a lot of that the character? Absolutely. He's he's broken down. He's busted up. He's at the end of the line and all that. Um, but it's like Jeremy Renner isn't having fun making the show, which is different than, um, which is different than some of the other performances. So. You know, I don't know. That's probably the story we're never going to hear, right? We're never going to hear, oh man, Jeremy was happy to do it, but then he found out he wasn't really the star of the show, which A, I don't think is in line with Jeremy Renner. Not that I like have any even indirect knowledge of, of how he is on a set. I feel like he's a chill guy that knows, mm-hmm. hey, I've had ups and downs, and being an Avenger for 10 years, and being in uh, at least one Best Picture winner, and being in part of smaller part but uh you know mission impossible and da 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 like you know it's all about the career the career run here his career has been on an awesome run compared to the next guy who rode the bus into la and hung around for a year and then said all right i'm gonna go home to you know iowa or whatever um but i feel like if he was the titular hawkeye he wasn't bringing first on the call sheet kind of energy to the show I think that's the character, though, um, and and playing it as he does, uh, you know, where he needed to be with it. We, we've talked about the the chemistry and the way that Kate and Yelena work off one another. I I think that he nailed that perfectly with his character. Well, Pete, let's take a look at our poll on Twitter to uh, see what people thought of the season as a whole. Uh, the choices were one star, can't do it all day. Good news, Pete, that got 0%. Uh, two stars, Christmas Blues, that got 5.4%. Three stars, uh, Yummy Next Day. Uh, I left the Y off the day, there was a typo. But the idea <laughs> of the leftovers that were still yummy the next day uh, right. got 43.2%. And then four stars, Tops the MCU Tree, got 51.4%. So... Yeah, between the three and the four, that's some that's some healthy voting there. Uh, we did get one reply from the ever reliable Andre Yeager. That's at Doctor Polo nineteen eighty three. Fastest fingers on Twitter and Facebook, Matt. Oh, he's a he's a <laughs> champ. He is a champ. Um, he says enjoyed the series. Loved the introduction of Kate and Echo. Yelena is the best, and we need a show with her as the star. Also, Kingpin is a beast. Can't wait to see what the future holds for all these characters. And I think Pete, he captures there, um, you know, maybe this wasn't going to be the most shiny, amazing show in 2021 for Marvel Studios on Disney Plus because of a variety of factors. But you walk away from it going, okay, I had fun. I would like updates on everyone, even like Clint. Okay, a little low energy. I would still, I'd like to maybe check in with him a couple, in, in a couple of years. Hey, the family is still good. Or let's get more on Laura and her backstory. Certainly I want to hear from, you know, I want to hear more from the new Hawkeye and the new Black Widow and the, the forthcoming Echo and, and Kingpin and so on and so forth. So he's right, Pete. It's all about the future. Speaking of that, Matt, tomorrow, uh, New Year's Eve, we are going to be doing a special final podcast for 2021. We're going to be doing an MCU year in review and a year in which we've gotten four live action shows, four films, and one uh, now connected uh, animated offering. We're going to be wrapping it all up and talking about all of it. 
that certainly is going to be exciting and an exciting way to end 2021. And Pete, it will be our 100th podcast of the year. So that's a pretty, uh, that's a pretty neat way to go out. And of course, every one of those 100 episodes has been supported by those who go to patreon.com slash fantastic geek and help us with the year round costs that the podcast does accrue behind the scenes. So our thanks to everybody who who keeps us going there and everybody who goes to check it out and uh, consider supporting us. Been talking that up since Thanksgiving and we're truly, truly thankful, especially since all these bills tend to come due at the end of the year. But, you know, that we don't have to torture you with advertisements because you guys make it possible for us to do triple digit podcast years um, from what has it been uh five years now that we've broken that barrier uh we're we're not where we were um prior to covid only because the amount of content that's been available in 2019 we had 185 podcast episodes Jeez. uh yeah yeah which that we're gonna cross 100 uh this year after doing 103 last year uh, I'm not quite sure how we hit that <laughs> um, with the lack of things that happened then. But again, just cannot thank our patrons enough. Get yourself over to patreon.com slash fantastic geek. All sorts of levels for you to contribute at. Can't contribute, and I can't stress this enough. You could go over to Apple Podcasts. It's free. It takes seconds. Just any of our 25 feeds that we're going to be adding to in 2022 matt as insane as that sounds give us a rating give us a review uh can really really help people find us and certainly as we pull things back squarely to hawkeye here uh i suppose the feed the, the feed will go into a little timeout. let's not forget pete in a couple weeks we do have the marvel studios assembled so we'll get to reconvene uh to talk about whatever behind the scenes they're going to share and i'm sure that will be valuable as you noted in last week's podcast they, they tend to share some good stuff there uh beyond that pete you know we'll see certainly we'll keep the feed around we'll keep it open uh when there is news from the world of hawkeye with any of these actors forthcoming projects and so forth uh i think that would be a perfect time to uh to update this feed but uh, as with many things in the mcu the future remains a bit cloudy for now, though, Pete, this has been a this has been a fun run of Hawkeye. Every episode one that was exciting and upbeat and just just plain fun to be a part of. Uh, but I suppose the end, at least of a sort, has come. So I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. Talk to you soon.